hasn't it? It lifts us up so everyone can see we're breaking free. Oh, it's the, see, I don't actually know the lyrics of that song. H- have I mentioned my high sc- my high school musical choir story real qu- before to you? Yes, let's talk about the uh, season two exclusive high school musical, the musical, the podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 make it quick. Basically, High School Musical came out when I was in. I think it came out the summer before I was in seventh grade. So it would have been summer of 2006, I think. And of course, then it was all the rage in middle school, especially middle school choir. Yeah. To the point where at the end of the year, the choir teacher was like, okay, we're going to do a high school musical medley and we're going to have solos available so everyone can like audition for it as they want to. And... It, she was like, it'll be open to 7th and 8th graders. And I was like, okay, well, I'm a 7th grader. I can sing. I still have confidence in my singing abilities. I'll try <laughs> out. <laughs> and I tried out, and then I got to sing, because I because I am an alto, I got to sing Zac Efron's part of Breakin' Free of the introduction. Or no, it was, no, was it Breakin' Free or We're All in This Together? I think it was We're All in This Together. I got to sing, like, Zac Efron's solo in that instead of all of the eighth graders and they were pissed it's like <laughs> oh, what is the seventh grader thing she is i'm like well i'm someone who can read music to a certain extent and can project and i am not st- and i do not have stage fright therefore i got the solo i wonder if other choirs have to deal with that kind of like disney channel original movie influence are there are there any choirs out there that are doing descendants medleys i i i'd be actually curious to hear if that's a thing Next time we do a deep dive on show choir YouTube. <laughs> uh, speaking of show choir YouTube, let's count this in. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. I don't even know who's going to start this episode because we don't even have a spreadsheet for the season yet. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I was like, oh shit. You know Tanner's been went busy when they haven't had time to make a spreadsheet for Glee. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I have the uh, I have the Wikipedia article pulled up. And uh, since it's an odd number, uh, that means that I start. Actually, I forget how we start episodes. <laughs> we, do, we just start them. We, okay. re- we don't even have a set intro. We're just like, okay, hey, it's Glee. Okay. <laughs> hey, it's Glee. I'm walking here. <laughs> hey, bada bing. Bada boom. <laughs> no, we'll, save that for the, we'll save that for the season finale. Exactly. We'll save that for the season finale when we are going to infuriate every New Yorker in existence. Yes, that is the plan. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. You're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Hello, my name is Christina and welcome to Loser Like Me. This is our Glee recap and discussion podcast. And Tanner, I have a subtitle for this episode. Oh? Just for this episode or for the whole season? For this episode in particular, we'll see if it carries forward. Okay. The Rachel Berry haters have logged on. (laughs) They've been logged on, okay? (laughs) The Rachel Berry haters have been activated. Yes, uh, like a Cold War sleeper agent, Rachel Berry has committed a hate crime, and now we are here to make her life miserable. (laughs) She has, in fact, committed a hate crime. But hey, y'all, welcome back uh, to those like me. It's season two of Glee, which some people have called the best season of Glee. Probably not based on this episode. Citation needed. But when I hear people say that, I understand what they're saying, because this is kind of Glee. So remember last season when I talked about how some Glee episodes were more Glee than other Glee episodes? Were all mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure all the Glee episodes in season two are Glee episodes. Mm-hmm. They're firing on all Glee cylinders. All mm-hmm. Glylanders, if you will. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether or not to call certain things that happened in this episode callbacks or self-plagiarism it's more like references to the way that glee was received by the general public oh this is very much so trying it's it, this episode tries so hard to be like we hear your criticisms and look we're acknowledging them 
They're acknowledging them by having the second worst character on the show parrot them, which is a clear way to say, hey, we've heard your complaints, and we've decided you're wrong. <laughs> we've heard your complaints. Red at 7.05 p.m. <laughs> uh, so, oh, by the way, I'm Tanner. Yes. I'm, I'm 25% Broadway, 25% hip-hop, 25% classic rock, and 100% gay. But Tanner, what's the other 75%? 75%? That's, that's, that's not math. What's the other 25%? Is it spreadsheets? It's probably spreadsheets. <laughs> it's, so I, it's so I can make sure that the other percentages of genres stay the same. <laughs> Oh god, should we actually in- should we describe who was responsible for this episode? Oh, I didn't even look that up. I'm so I'm so woefully underprepared. That's the other thing is that okay. during this break, the reason why it was like a month and a half between the, our our like mini Power Rangers mini-sode and the Smurfs episode and then this is because I moved. I had stuff going on outside of podcasting as well, so like it worked out. It's fine. We're back now. Podcast police aren't going to tell us when stuff should come out. All podcast cops are bastards. Yes. Uh, so this episode is called Audition, the first episode of season two. It was directed by Brad Falchuk and written by Ian Brennan, which is a shame. I expected more of Ian, honestly. I expect nothing from anyone at this point. And also, this aired on September 21st of 2020, 2010. 2020? Oh no, the Glee boot has already begun. We cannot speak it into existence, Tanner. It's it's gonna happen. We know it's gonna happen. Well, at least this time I'll be old enough to drink. We start with Glee's Big Gay Summer. Mm-hmm. All access, no holds barred uh, interview expose by Jake and mm-hmm. Ben Israel on- It's what... TMZ, or if you will, TM Glee. Um, yeah, basically you're playing catch up on what all the characters have been doing over summer. Or actually, mm-hmm. yeah, I think they do cover everyone. Every, everyone. Mm-hmm. They cover everyone. Shocking. And by summer, you mean the time in between when regionals happened in March and now in August at the beginning of the school year. Everyone spent like the last two and a half months of the school year just in a malaise. <laughs> they were so dazed by the fact that they were, that they didn't get hashtag canceled that it just all kind of like... Blue by like dust in the wind. So Finch will have been dating all summer. Mm-hmm. Rachel is what you call a controllist. I don't think that's actually a word, Finn. I, I, I like how when they introduce like the fact that, oh, Rachel and Finn are having relationship problems because she is very controlling. She's like buttoning the top button of the polo on his shirt. <laughs> and then she's like, yes, I have strong opinions. And yes, does my need to constantly express my opinions annoy my fellow Glee Clubbers? And Finn yes. Is Wait, that was out loud, wasn't it? <laughs> I thought that was funny. Poor Finn. Although you can tell that he got the back-to-school haircut, which yes. was a fun touch. <laughs> Makes his cheekbones pop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Will's song selection comes from a drag queen's iPod. Yes. And after Jacob and Israel is like, Excuse me, Mr. Schuster, have you been reading my blog? And then he's like, People, there's a forum on my blog, which you can tell was written by someone who has never been on the internet. <laughs> okay, okay, but t- 2020 blogs and forums were kind of still integrated with each other. Yeah, but like, I, I feel like they're more separate than Ian thought they were. <laughs> yeah, that- that's true. But anyway, Jacob and Israel is like, excuse me, Mr. Sh- Mr. Schuster, did you know that people hate it when you rap? And Will's like, people don't like my rapping? And it's like, no, we don't. <laughs> Please stop. In very specific circumstances, but otherwise, no. <laughs> POV, you're watching the Glee reboot, and Will Schuster is trying to teach the ki- all the kids that uh, gay love is valid. Will Schuster walks in, starts singing Montero. Oh my god. Tanner! Tanner, I need you to take those words back and put them back into your mouth. <laughs> sure, hang on. Just let me write a note. Start Glee parody TikTok. I mean, absolutely yes, do Glee parody TikTok, but please do not give them a thought of putting Montero in Glee. <laughs> that, that's just... Um, anyways, Puck claims to have gotten a vasectomy because it's the right thing to do. I'll have you know, Tanner, that I am currently Googling how young is too young for a vasectomy. The top presented Google result says, even though men can legally get a vasectomy when they turn 18, many doctors are hesitant to perform such a permanent procedure on someone younger than 30, even though vasectomies are in fact reversible. Yeah, I was about to say. The the whole scene is like a pit, 
it's like Puck trying to be like the bigger person. He's like, yeah, I got a vasectomy because it was the right thing to do. And then Jacob and Israel is like, so you're definitely still in love with Quinn. And Puck's like, get that camera out of here. <laughs> and Quinn is happy to be back to school after the birth of her bastard child. <laughs> and the less tears because all the pregnancy hormones are done. How dare, how dare you call Drist Dillward and flat baby Hudson Beth Corcoran a bastard. <laughs> She is an honorable scion of Glee Club. See, you say that, but you forgot to actually put the, the surname Fabray in there so clearly. I was trying to remember all the names that we have nicknamed Beth off the top of my head. Give me a break. Drizdawarden, Driz Flat Baby, Beth Hudson, Fabray Corcoran, first of her name, Breaker of Chains, Mother of Dragons. Would you like to tell us then what Brittany was doing over the summer? Um, so it pans over to Santana's boobs, uh, and Santana's like, nothing happened to me over the summer. It pans over to Brittany, and she's like, people thought I went on vacation, but I was actually just lost in the sewers. Did she meet the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes. I bet they were totally rad, and they all just got pizza together and hung out. As we all know, Brittany is a party dude. Party! <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Then we get to then cut to uh, Jacob and Israel asking Tina and Mike if they are now dating. And they're like, no, absolutely not. Are you saying that just because we're Asian? That's racist. And then as they walk away, it ha it has like, it cuts to them like holding hands, which is cute. But then also it cuts to Artie who's just doing like a Kubrick stare <laughs> in the middle of the hallway. <laughs> and And then we get into the meta part, which is where... Jacob and Israel is like, Kurt, did you know that you're all still losers? And Kurt is like, I refuse to acknowledge haters unless they're saying their hate to my face. And then Azimio has to come in with a slushie because it, do you remember how they did that in the first episode of Glee of season one? You heard of the show called Glee? Maybe I can interest you in another show called Glee. <laughs> oh God, that's going to be their pitch for Glee boot. Also, d like there's some rapid fire questions where Jacob asks, he asks Rachel when she's slated to make her triumphant return to the Shire. That's an offense against Lord of the Rings and J.R.R. Tolkien's estate, and I will not stand for it. He also asked uh, Tina and Mike, how do you get the white on rice? Which, A, racist, and B, yes. there's a whole video about how white people don't know how to get the white on rice. So, anyway. Thankfully, we blessedly get to cut to the sign-up board for activities at William McKinley High School. Would you like me to dis to list off what some of these other activities are? Please do, because I was already, like, <laughs> zoning out. Mm. I was, my brain was trying to defend itself. So they have sign-ups for Mach UN Club, Chemistry Club, Gardening Club, Fruit Sculpture Club, Cheerios, Sculpture Club, Regular Sculpture Club, <laughs> and the Empty New Directions list. But also, in the top corner, there's a sign-up for OMG Texting Competition Team. <laughs> And I'm like, the things that you see that encapsulate this is happening in 2010. Yeah. It's choice. I would like to join the OMG texting competition team. I also would love to join the OMG texting competition team, but only if I can bring my, my phone with swipe available. <laughs> like, I, I would just love to do that instead of, oh God, unless they were doing it like track phones where you had to like push the button multiple times to get different letters. They probably were. Oh, that is a serious competition. Also a big case for, for a gamer thumb. My first phone, it's like texting mechanics were that it you typed in... So you hit the numbers with the letters on them, but instead of hitting the numbers multiple times, you just like typed in the numbers and then it would try and guess what word you were using based on context and it'd give you like a drop-down menu. A drop-down menu Predictive text. Kind of predictive text? Like you'd type in maybe like uh, 5724... And it'd give you a drop-down menu of all the words that could be formed with the letters that are transcribed to those numbers. And it's like, which one do you want? Huh. Interesting. Anyway, Will and Sue are there. Yeah, Sue is bragging how all the, the Cheerios sign-up sheet is full because all the girls are, like, pre-training at cheer camp. Um, and she's bragging about how it got her a summons for child endangerment because one girl ate a pigeon and the other started worshipping a possum carcass. All hail the possum. All hail the possum. Wonder if Sid was there. I, I, yes, but as like an infiltration, not to actually <laughs> join the Cheerios. <laughs> this, this is when she's dark avenging the possums. Anyway, Sue is like, we should, we need to go meet Coach Figgins. He has something to tell both of us. Yeah. Uh, after having gotten paged 
on her pager. Yeah, she also has to feed her gimp. Figgins announces that he is slashing the Cheerios budget and the Glee budget by 10% because of a district-level mandate to bring alumni donations into a winning football team. Because apparently, this is a crowdfunded high school. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like... But wait, how are we gonna have a football team? Where is where is Ken? And then he's like, "Oh, well, Ken had a nervous breakdown. Here is the new football coach, uh, Shannon Beast, who is just off her fifth consecutive Missouri Championship conference." And I was like, "Represent." Did not remember this specific reference happening when I first watched the show. <laughs> um, okay, I, I want to ask something. Um, yes. So Shannon Beast, or the character mm-hmm. of Coach Beast. In the final mm-hmm. season is revealed to be a trans man, or yes. comes out as a trans man, so... Mm-hmm. And should, transitions. Yes. Should we refer to them with Shannon and he or she, her pronouns, before we get to that point? Or should we keep with he, him? I I feel, my, my personal opinion, currently, is that we should go with she, her, until Coach Beast transitions. Okay. You, you use the pronouns that the character is referred to within the show that until until Coach Beast decides otherwise. Okay. If we get any comments or emails saying like, hey, why are you doing this? Yeah. Yes. Like, this is an absolutely, like, this is an absolutely malleable position. Yeah. Like, if anyone who's listening is trans, they are more than welcome to advise us on how we, on how a non-binary person and a cis woman person should refer to uh, yeah. someone who will be well, trans. Yeah, and that's the thing because it's a fictional character and it's like a linear narrative. So, mm-hmm, like you mm-hmm. you you don't change the pronouns based on past tense stuff. Like you don't refer to me with he him about something that happened before yes. it came out as a gender. Oh um, god, yes. But that but that it's a different thing with the character in the show and because everyone will be referring to Coach Beast as Shannon and with the she mm-hmm. her pronouns because they didn't know mm-hmm. any better because the writers hadn't decided to pull it out of her ass. I have Spoiler for five years from now, I have opinions about why Good. and and what happened with Beast, which will if I sound salty, it's going to make a lot more sense in context when we get there. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, okay, so we'll stick with she, her, and Shannon for now. But yeah, if anyone feels like we mm-hmm. should change it up and refer to the like the the proper way, the mm-hmm. the way that they are by the end of the show, then let us know what the best yes. uh, way to proceed is. Anyways. Absolutely, please let us know. We, I, I would, Tigger and I would both love to hear suggestions and opinions mm-hmm. on this. So Shannon is played by Dot Marie Jones, who mm-hmm. is a very like buff, burly woman. I, I was, I spent some time on Coach Beast's Glee wiki page earlier, trying to figure out if there's any reference to like, oh, where Coach Beast was from in Missouri, but they didn't say. So I'm gonna guess Columbia. Which is in the center of the state, and it's where the big, the biggest football university is. Anyway, Coach Beast is like, yeah, your your budget got cut. Sorry about it. And then kind of spouts some non sequiturs at Sue, including like, you're all coffee and no omelet. And these are so bizarre that even Sue Sylvester is not is like confused by what's going on. And I was like, good for you, Coach Beast. She also refers to herself as the Panther. Maybe she's from Springfield. Maybe. Drury's mascot is the Panthers, I think. But that's a college and not a high school. I don't know. I've been out of the high school football game for so long. I was never in it, but I was in high school. <laughs> she also, she makes a reference to like their plan to get back at her as like something, something with six teats. And then she squeals at them and then she leaves. And like, I highly respect that a character in in their first appearance is so thoroughly able to like, disarm slash confuse sue sylvester like oh yeah good on you and then will is like i am upset about this but time for me to go tell the kids that we can't we can't let the negativity bring us down because we got to go recruit people because matt transferred yeah so like and tina and mercedes like listen mr shu we know that people don't like us and we're still unpopular but we're a happy family and nothing can tear us apart and so that's why we don't even need anyone else to try out (laughs) and will is like i love the enthusiasm but legally we need at least one more person and (laughs) they're like oh we're a family nothing's ever gonna change that it's always sunny fun something changed that (laughs) (laughs) anyway it's time for a flash mob is it a flash? Does it count as a flash mob? It's less planned and structured than a flash mob. 
I've seen flash mobs on this very show. T- time for an impromptu dance performance. <laughs> yes. It's Empire State of Mind. Because Will is like, hey, Nationals this year going to be in New York. New York City, it's in New York. Conky, dr- conky, it's a conky jungle. It's it's a new walk. <laughs> it's a conky jungle where dreams are made of. I don't know what that's a reference to. <laughs> just just general uwuness. Ah, okay, I gotcha. You're too early for uwu. <laughs> uwu hadn't happened in 2010. <laughs> I'm pioneering unless you on, uwu. Unless you were on 4chan. Dwena da bite Pokemon. Uh, water and walk type, and I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that was that was good. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun musical number. There, Is it? I I enjoyed it because it's it's pretty much them like they're trying to persuade their fellow students at this outdoor cafeteria space at lunchtime, which is just really set up on some concrete steps. The the concrete um, lunch pit. <laughs> yeah, where dreams are made of. Yes, meet me in the concrete lunch pit after algebra. <laughs> meet me in the concrete lunch pit. We're making bacon pancakes. Make bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. But yeah, they're like, hey, let's persuade people to join us in going to New York and joining Glee Club by wearing matching New York t-shirts and singing a song about New York. And bling. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love, I love, I love a two, I love a three white boys rapping in succession. It is very much so three white boys rapping. Especially in Finn's verse, where he he rhymes Dominicanos with McDonald's, which, so clearly Jay-Z would have done the same thing, but it, it has a, a certain je ne sais quoi, or lacks a certain je ne sais quoi when Finn does it. Mm-hmm. And it might be to the fact that as Cory Monteith is walking backwards and trying to, like, throw hands and look cool, he's constantly looking behind him to make sure he doesn't trip over something. <laughs> I miss that. <laughs> he keeps he keeps like looking to the side, like looking like is a step is there a crack is there a ledge? <laughs> That's good. I did not see that. And while they like are doing Empire State of Mind, we get to see two students spotlight in particular: an Asian student and a blonde guy in a varsity uh, sports jacket with Bieber hair. I have a fun I have a fun personal anecdote about Empire State of Mind. Okay. So, like, I'll talk about this more when we get to the end of the season, but my senior year of high school, our big competition at the end of the school year, our nationals, if you will, was in New York City. And yes, we did play Empire State of Mind as we were crossing the bridge from Jersey into New York. Oh my gosh, guys, we're in New York! Somewhere I have pictures from that trip, and I did make sure to get a specific picture of the ticket stand in Times Square where Glee shot scenes. <laughs> My only other note about this is that Kurt cannot bust it. Kurt, Kurt's trying so hard. Chris Colfer's trying so hard. Also, Chris Colfer had a he had a growth spurt <laughs> in between seasons. He did. He's now he's now tall, and so is his hair. I had fun with this. I had fun with this musical number. I think it's fun. Good synergy between the between the performers. Dancing's good. Well, okay, if you say so. It's not as bad as it could have been. <laughs> this is true. Hey, real quick, also we could probably cut this part too. Since we're going into like Sunshine's ep like Sunshine's introductory scene coming up. Character female pronouns, Char- actor, yes, yes. Male character pronouns, female right? pronouns, male uh, actor male pronouns. Okay, cool. Got it. So after New York State of Mind, uh who is it? Will. Will mm-hmm. bursts into Sue's office and he's like, I can't believe that other students deface the Glee sign up sheet with all a whole bunch of mean names. And on mm-hmm. the sign-up sheet, it says things like "Buttface McValnuts, Asperham Lincoln, Eat a Bowl of Balls, and You Are the Suck. <laughs> you Are the Suck! <laughs> you Are the Suck! Mm-hmm. Um, and he's mad because it's rude, and also they're not even that funny. And then Sue is like, I tried very hard <laughs> on coming up with those. And she's like, listen, this was a wake-up call. Because no one is signing up for your club because there's no tryouts, and now Beast is taking all the attention. So you and me have to team up to destroy Beast's confidence, and then she'll leave the school, and then I'll be back on top, and you'll also be here. And Will agrees to this. And I'm just remembering that poster back in season one that said, do it for the students. Don't. (laughs) No longer do it for the kids. But then it's time for the introduction. So nice, we did it twice. Yeah, so so Finn made Butch uh, Glee Club posters. (laughs) 
And I'd like to note here that when, like, because Finn goes into the football team's, like, locker room to put up posters, like, saying, hey, Glee Club sign up. And when he puts them up on the wall, he's using a scrapbooking tape roller. (laughs) Because, because, like, there was a time, I think it was actually in, like, high school when I actually did some scrapbooking. Because my mom was also into scrapbooking. Mm -hmm. And so I know the sound that those tape rollers make. And that was a tape roller. (laughs) But it's at, like, as far as the graphic design go, the posters actually look pretty good. It's Good on you, Finn. Yeah, it's like a golden skull with the golden microphones crossed underneath it. It's like, sign up for Glee Club. And he says he was inspired. Oh, yeah, there's also, like, a camo design behind it because he says he was inspired by the posters he saw like army recruiters putting up at the daycare yeah uh and then he has a completely heterosexual moment when he listens to the blonde boy sing Mm -hmm. in the shower it's almost literally shot for shot the same way that like finn was introduced singing in the pilot of season one by will except for the fact that finn is like oh i was gonna join in and harmonize with him but then I realized that he was naked and that'd be very awkward, so I left. <laughs> you know, there's many a fanfic where he did join in and, well, you know. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. And I will I will leave that up to you to read, Tanner. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if. Chapter one. Fam? <laughs> fam? Is that their no, ship it was, name? No, it was Sin. I don't, I don't know if Sin was your thing, but it's not my thing. <laughs> oh, like, so I, I did, I wasn't a Sin shipper. But the ship between Sam and Finn was Sin. Okay, okay, I gotcha. I think if you were a fam shipper, it was like Sam gets adopted by Finn's by Carol and Bert, and then Finn and Sam are stepbrothers, and it's not even like a romantic <sighs> thing. It's just oh, okay. now we're brothers. Okay, huh? <laughs> and then of course there was some that were romantic thing. Anyways, Rachel is also yes. in the washroom. Not that yes. washroom. Different. Rachel's in the ladies' room putting up posters. How, how long it took for me to loathe Rachel Berry? Twelve minutes and twenty seconds. Th- that long. You you managed to not do anything during the first season? It's, it took me that long into this episode. That's true. And as you know what, to be fair, I'm not sure who I'm being fair to. Uh, in this episode, she outpaces herself <laughs> in terms of being yes. a terrible person. Right. In this scene, Rachel is like, I'm going to put up posters for Glee Club signups in the women's restroom. And while she's like putting things up, like the, the Asian student from the other day shows up and like, you know, like, washes her hands and stuff and rachel's like the person who is also singing along the threats to my talent must neutralize well she doesn't know she's a threat yet she doesn't know she's a threat yet but rachel like in the previous scene like this this character had been seen by rachel kind of you know like singing along and like bopping along to empire state of mind so rachel was like a face i will remember the face and then rachel goes up to this student and immediately gets super fucking racist like hello do you speak english you want sing behind me sway and dance is very fun and sunshine's like dude what the fuck yo i speak english (laughs) who the hell are you i'm rachel barry your sunshine corazon from the philippines because it's always sunny there yes except Except for for the the monsoons monsoons. (laughs) um yes this is sunshine corazon Mm-hmm. Uh, played by Jake Zyrus, Zyrus, mm-hmm. Zyrus with a Z. Yes. Who uh, is a trans man in real life. And back mm-hmm. during Glee was credited as Charisse Pompegno, who was like hot shit back in the day, like got on Oprah mm-hmm. and sang. And Oprah was like, You are like, the next sensation. And Ryan Murphy's like, I need that on my show. Yes. Yes. And like, it's, uh, yeah, it was just, it was a whole thing. But. You know what? Jake Jake Cyrus is living his best life. So yes. good for him. And I, I, I would say that if you're writing a fan a future fic and Sunshine shows up, Sunshine should no longer be Sunshine. Sunshine should have transitioned with the actor, but Sunshine disappears after mm-hmm. the season. Spoilers. <laughs> so that was never a factor yeah. in the existence. Then basically after Sunshine is like, "Okay, bye." And Rachel's like, "I must leave now." And Sunshine like puts her headphones back in and starts singing along to Telephone by Lady Gaga. And Rachel is like, "Someone who can sing, destroy on sight." Duet fight. Um, which is weird because I like the song Telephone by Lady Gaga, but it's not that good a song, really. It's it's fine. The music, I mean, it's like like a lot of early Gaga, which is actually probably my favorite Gaga era. 
Um, but most of them are famous because of the music videos. <laughs> Hashtag let's make a sandwich. <laughs> I feel like this is a song that would be that where the ideal listening environment is in a club and not two people singing in a bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Because they're kind of busy. Yes. And <laughs> this this whole song, Rachel is like a very aggressively singing at and like pacing towards Sunshine, who's like, yeah, I'm just along for the ride. This is fun. Does this happen in every high school? And Rachel is getting very aggro. And then something that I've literally never said on this show before. Thank God for Sue Sylvester. <laughs> because she storms in and she just yells... Shut up! And then Rachel's like, do not speak a word of what we did here today. And Sunshine's like, okay, bye. So, the next scene, it's football practice. Beast is there. She has cut the entire football team. Then she says, everyone has to try out from the start. Everybody starts fresh. Ken did such a dog shit job of training you guys that we gotta start over from the ground level. Pretty much. And, and just an absolutely shitty move. She's all like, yeah, we're going to start from the bottom and we got to get better from there. And then a pizza delivery guy walks in and he's like, hey, I got 25 pizzas here. They were ordered for the football team. And everyone is like, <laughs> someone bought pizzas and now Coach Beats is going to have to pay for them. And then it cuts to outside of the locker room where Will and Sue are cackling and they're like, we're going to have to make her pay for the pizzas or she's going to have to turn them down. <laughs> we're so maniacal. And then Sue is like, step one, pizza prank. Step two, psychological warfare. Yeah, she's like- And emotional abuse. Yeah, she's like, she's a, a female football coach, which is a sin against nature. And that means that she had a bad time growing up. So we will just do and everything- And she's not traditionally feminine. Yeah, and so we're going to do everything that her high school bullies probably did to her to drive her out of the school friendship except the fact that then coach beast is like actually this gives me an idea and she says okay okay football team everyone eat as much pizza as you want and then full pads we're doing wind sprints and then she they're like Ugh. and then she walks outside and she's like oh hey hi hi will hi sue there's pizza inside if you want pizza and they're like okay thanks and i'm like Good on you, Coach Beast. She knows what's up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of football, Artie wants to join the football team. The, the, the way that the way that this scene was introduced was Artie saying, like, if Kurt can do it, then I figure I've got a shot at doing it. And then Finn is like, but being gay isn't a handicap. And I'm like, okay, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, oh, just, Kevin? just, yeah, just the first light on its own takes on a very different light. But uh, now that Kevin is openly gay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Artie's like, Finn, I need to be on the football team because Tina broke up with me because all I wanted to do was play Halo and talk about a movie that I that Christina doesn't know the, the name of or the summary of. And Tina's like, Artie, we have literally nothing in common and you don't listen to me when I talk about stuff. Yeah, and I fell in love with Mike Chang when we went to Asian Camp to teach culture to the tech-savvy Asian kids. Um, Which is, that's how that was written by white. Yeah. And I mean, th there are like Asian schools to help like the uh, kids and immigrants and whatnot, like keep in touch with the culture and everything. This ain't that. This is like, no. you know what's an Asian stereotype? They're tech savvy. We're going to give a flip, bunch of flip phones to like these Asian 10 year olds that we like <laughs> got a group deal on probably. Yeah. Have a group. We have a group on for extras. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, and then Mike's dancing with his, like, yeah. hoodie unzipped, and he's got all abs all up in the place, and Tina's, like, singing a song. What's, what's the song? Getting to Know You. For? Getting to Know Getting You. Getting to Know You from The King and I. Yes, you know the Asian musical? <sighs> hey, do you know that Tina and Mike are Asian? Yeah. Did you know that the punchline for a lot of scenes they're gonna be in is the fact that they're Asian? Yes, I was afraid of that. Uh, Ryan Murphy, please check yourself. On the positive side of things, they are very cute. They are a very cute couple. And they have good chemistry together. They have good chemistry, and this is a low bar for Glee. But they listen to each other? They have the healthiest <laughs> fucking relationship. 
they communicate. Whereas Artie is like, Tina broke up with it because I wasn't Asian and have abs, so I have to have abs now. Instead of, I need to listen to my girlfriend and not go play Halo for two weeks straight. But then he's like, if you covered me in football pads and then raced me down the football field, then I'd be like a human battering ram. And Finn's like, you'd be a human cannonball. This is the greatest idea ever. Yes. Two teenage boys. Now, I would like to say, this could have actually been like an interesting subplot. If instead of going mm-hmm. for football, they went for basketball, because wheelchair I don't think wheelchair football is a thing, but wheelchair basketball is famously a thing. Oh, yes, definitely. And Finn is on the basketball team. But it wasn't basketball season. That's not until the winter. You know what? You Okay, so you spend fall semester doing a whole lot of crunches so you can build the abs. And then in the winter, in January, that's when you join the basketball team because you give time You give time for the, the relationship between Tina and Mike to sour because you're in Glee Club hedging your bets. Something will probably go wrong. It doesn't. Thank God. But they're the exception. Anyway, they Finn is like, yes, Artie, I will help you. I will at least try to get you like a tryout for the football team, but you have to help me out with something first. And then they go over to Sam's locker, the the blonde haired kid from the from Empire State of Mind. His name is Sam, by the way. His name is Sam and, Evans. Yes, his name is Sam Evans. He is also on football. And Finn is like, Hey, Sam, do you like we would like to talk to you about Glee Club? And so then they cut to like just Sam hanging out in the Glee room with with the with Artie. It's just and all Mike the boys except and Puck. Yeah, it's it's all the boys except Kurt, and also like all of the band. Yeah, all all the all the mask for mask boys. This is another extremely heterosexual moment. I like the part where Puck says, is it? "I like the part where Puck says, dude, your lips are huge. How many balls can you fit in your mouth? How many tennis balls?' Sure, implying the same as a golden retriever." Uh, and then Sam's like, "I don't know. I've never had balls in my mouth. Have you?" And everyone is like, "Ooh." Now the reason this joke is in here. Is because Sam, the character of Sam and the actor of Court Overstreet were originally creating cast to be Kurt's love interest. Really? We will see how this plays out over the course of this season. But if you know anything about Glee, you know that this didn't happen. <laughs> yes, you know that Kurt has another love interest on the horizon. <laughs> that being said, th- there were enough times where Sam was off screen that Sam easily could have had balls in his mouth. And you know what? Live your truth. <laughs> Live your truth, fictional character established in 2010. <laughs> anyway, they're like... Everyone is like, oh, hey, this Sam kid is nice and funny. So, hey, how do you feel about singing? And Finn is like, would you like to sing something for us? Just like literally whatever. It's chill. It's fine. And Sam is like, oh, I could sing Billionaire. And everyone's like, okay, cool. Suit up. Let's go. And it's fun. It is a fun song. Uh, It's Billionaire by Travi McCoy, who... I think is most known for this song and then just being a part of Gym Class Heroes. I actually saw some trivia that Cord Overstreet auditioned with this song. Yeah, this was, was like his, for his screen test song. But in the actual episode, he didn't. He got cast on such a short time before they were recording it that he had to sing at an octave higher than written. Huh. <laughs> Which I didn't know because he does a good job with it. Because <laughs> he's a professional. Also, it's a fun scene because it's just the guys all jamming out. And this is how you recruit people, Rachel. Yes. <laughs> you approach the prospective Glee member with a couple of people. Just like, hey, it's ni- do you want to, would you be interested in joining? It's nice and chill. It's just going to be a, just going to be hearing what you sound like when you're singing. And then, hey, here's some more people and it's going to be nice and fun. How do you feel about that? Like, Finn even checks in with Sam once they're done singing, like, hey, do you think you could sing in front of everyone? And Sam's like, yeah, I could do that. Also, out of curiosity, what did you think of all the looks that Puck kept shooting Sam during this number? You know, Puck claims that he has never had balls in his mouth. Well, specifically, Puck didn't say whether or not he'd ever had balls in his mouth before. I can't say much to that, because we all know that the bigger ship was Puck and Kurt, which is weird. Yes, very weird. Not great. We get to then have a mood whiplash from how you recruit people to be in your glee club to how not to recruit people to be in your glee club. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Because Mercedes and Kurt are hanging out at the piano and they they do some quipping and then Mercedes is like, oh, is that a men's sweater? Because Kurt's wearing something with like a screen print on it of like a lady or something. And Kurt is like, fashion has no gender. And I was like, nice. <laughs> But then Rachel's like, hey, so I volunteered all of us to be slushied in front of Sunshine to intimidate her into not joining Glee. She she didn't just volunteer. She paid Azimio $100. 
Yes, but she did it without letting Mercedes and Kurt know beforehand. That's true. And they're like, excuse me, Rachel, what the fuck is this? You're a terrible person, Rachel Berry. Yes. Actually, wait, I, I, I screenshotted it. <laughs> Just because it was so good. This is the part where I tweeted out, Amber, thank you. Amber, yes. Also, in this whole scene, Mercedes and Kurt are giving each other a lot of great, like, side eye. Yeah. Mer- Mercedes literally says, that's awful. You're awful. And I was like, yes, Amber, say it again. Yeah, and Rachel's like, she was so talented, and I was worried that everyone else would be pushed to the background. Just like you are now, because I'm also so talented. And I was so worried that the two of you, that if that if Sunshine was here, then the two of you wouldn't have any chances of getting any solos ever. And like, they're not buying it. Not a single iota. They're like, listen, you, Rachel, you ignorant slut. We need mm-hmm. a 12th member, and she is a very good singer. <laughs> Maybe yes. we should do this so we can win. Mm-hmm. And then Rachel... Rachel has such dead such dead eyes. There's there's no light behind them. Leah Michelle has a future in playing serial killers in true crime recreations. Yep. She's like, I know now what I must do. I will tell Sunshine where the audition is. And as she leaves, like right, like Kurt and Mercedes like look at each other and they're like, What just happened? I have no idea. <laughs> so, anyways, in the next scene, we're in the staff room and Sue mm-hmm. and Will are reading lunch and they're at different tables and Beast tries to join Sue's table and Sue's like, this table is actually haunted by my ghost friends who died trying to destroy me. And Beast is like, okay, I didn't want to fucking sit next to you anyways. Will, can I sit next to you? And Will's like, no, I am meeting with science teachers later. And this is called Operation Mean Girl, which at this point, when when I was first watched this episode of Glee, I would not have known what that reference was because I don't think I saw Mean Girls until college. <sighs> I'm pretty sure I saw Mean Girls before I saw Glee. You also didn't live in a household where your first R-rated movie was Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, though. So, like That's true. My first R-rated movie was Animal House. My first R-rated movie was Planes, Trains, and Automobiles because my parents forgot what the rating was. One time when I was really little, like two years old, um, I was my, well, my parents were watching Jurassic Park and I was in the room with them. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know if that... I was really little, and my parents were watching Jurassic Park, and they didn't think I was old enough to, like, comprehend televisions. And so they're watching, and then they're at the scene where the cow gets lowered into the rafter enclosure, and then, like, you hear the noises, and the cow comes out. And they were just... They're watching the movie, they're not really looking at me, and all of a sudden they hear me go, where cow go? <laughs> <laughs> and they really turn it off and switched it to, like, a cartoon or something. Yeah. Confession. I've actually never seen Jurassic Park, you, any of them. You should at least watch the first one. It's extremely good. I've See, I've read it. I've read the first Jurassic Park. It's a good book. It's better than the book. The film is better than the book because, first off... Animatronic dinosaurs. Animatronic dinosaurs. Um, They ch- like they changed just enough so that it's still like the same themes and everything, but you will be like surprised at how things develop. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the special effects are so good that it, it is one of those that ages so good. There are, like, movies that are mm-hmm. all CGI fest that age worse than Jurassic Park does. You could say it was made today. Oh, and it doesn't stop every, like, ten minutes to, to, like, to drop just all the fun paleontology knowledge that Michael Crichton learned about while researching. Like, he does in mm-hmm. all, of his, all of his books. Like, every ten pages, like, and here's part of the term paper I wrote while also writing the novel. Nice. I mean, I support that. Take, That's fun. Take it from someone who's read four Crichton novels so far. Um, but yeah, this this whole scene then is Will being like, you can't sit here, sorry. And Coach Beats is like, well, you know what? When I hired on here, everyone was telling me that Sue was a bully. And they were right. But they told me that you were cool. So I guess I was wrong about that. And Will's like, oh no, I'm hurt. What do? Am I the bad guy? And then it cuts to a beast sadly applying lipstick in the locker room, which is is sad in a good way. It's good sad. Like, it's incredible acting from Dot Marie Jones. Like, For just a really her. short little scene. And, like, the students start to filter in while Coach Beast is, like, patching herself up and everything. And Puck is like, <sighs> Puck, in a touching moment... His only uh, touching moment of the episode. Hang on, is, we got our preface. Like, I understand you're saying touching moment, but did you did did you write down what he said as he enters the locker room? Coach Beast, are you okay? No, are you he crying? as he walks into the locker room with the other guys, he's like, "So, did y'all know why Helen Keller couldn't drive? It's because she was a woman." Yes, I, I I didn't write that down, but I remembered that. I was going to only give credit to him 
checking on Coach Beast and asking if she was okay, if she was crying. He, he doesn't actually even ask her if she's okay. He's just like, Coach Beast, are you crying? And it's like, it's not in a mocking tone, oh. but he doesn't, he oh, technically no. does not ask her if she's okay. So like, you, you first in the fir- had us in the first half, Puck, with balls in your mouth, but now you're right back to square one, again. I removed the credit. I was rooting for you! We were all rooting for you, Puck! Never, I would never root for Puck. The only situation in which I'd root for Puck would be if it was Puck against a Nazi. That's very weirdly specific. That went a weird place, Christina. Well, I was trying to think of something that I hate more than I hate Puck. Perhaps Will Schuster? Um, but she's like, oh yeah, I was just crying because of how sorry of a state you guys were in, and I was looking at your your win-loss record from last year. And then Puck, then Finn and Artie come in, and Finn is like, hi, this is my friend Artie, he wants to be on football! And she's like, no! It, it, it makes sense how she reacts, but she's, because she's like, did someone set you up for this? Are you trying to make me look like a monster because I have to tell your kid in the wheelchair that he can't be on the football team? Because he's in a wheelchair, he can't be on the football team. And Finn's like, no, I just genuinely have only one brain cell and I thought this was a brilliant idea. And he's <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here, you're cut, and you're also cut, Artie, even though you're never on the team, but you're double cut now. Mm-hmm. And also, I would like to note, like, I'm, I'm gonna, th- this is an extremely far-reaching callback that I know was not intentional, but, like, when Finn is, like, trying to talk to Coach Beast about it, he he's like, dude, you're overreacting, and she's like, don't call me dude! And I'm just like, I know it's probably because Coach Beast is not, like, a stereotypically feminine woman, but I'm also like, Coach Beast, is, Coach Beast is an extremely butch woman, with yes. character design in mind. But yeah, this mm-hmm. is definitely something that can be read in a certain way based on knowledge we have in the future. So it's time for the Cheerios auditions. Quinn leverages the power of Jesus and money uh, to get back onto... <laughs> Qu- Quinn says, hey Sue, can I get back onto the Cheerios by selling you my redemption story from the Christian Evangelical Church in Ohio? Yeah. I don't remember where they were. I was like, Indiana. I was like, no, they're in Ohio. And Sue is like, game recognized game. You're in. No, no, she's not. That, that's not. No, she she denies. Sue Sue's like, nope, not interested. You betrayed oh. me. You betrayed me last year. You, you don't get to go come out back. Okay, well, that's not great then. But anyway, after Quinn auditions, auditions, heavy air quotes here. Yeah, she doesn't even get um, to pull off some sick moves. No. And that instead, in comes Finn with his own boombox. And it's, it's, very, it's, very, it's, it's very heartwarming. It's also very humble. Yeah, he, he comes in, he starts playing I've Got the Power. I've Got the Power! And I feel like, I feel like this dance was improvised. Probably, yes. He does a lot, like, a lot of fist pumping and like, cheerleader posing he technically does two cartwheels and oh also uh helping sue supervise the auditions is becky yeah and becky's absolutely traumatized by this like i can't believe i'm watching something so terrible and when when finn finishes his routine he's like coach sylvester i'd like to be a cheerio please i got fired from football and i need i need an extracurricular besides glee to define myself with and probably also realistically get a scholarship with and he's like i have good leadership skills and even if i'm not very acrobatic i'm tall and strong and i can help out with lifts he would be an asset to the cheerios and he's like i hope that you'll consider me before he leaves and i'm like this is good finn (laughs) finn is good hey guys finn is good finn is good in this episode but then we get to go from there, we kind of like intercut it with Sue telling Will, like, you're like, you're Will, your son auditioned for the Cheerios and I'm not happy. And then like Will and Finn and Beast are all in, I guess, Figgins office. Although I don't know why they'd mm-hmm. be in Figgins office for this. They're in a teacher office. And mm-hmm. Will's like, please let Finn back on the football team. Don't make a snap judgment about him. And Beast's like, oh, don't make a snap judgment about a person. Hmm, Will. <laughs> and he's like, oh, wait, this is about me. Great and to- Beast is like, I, Beast is like, Principal Figgins, can I go? And he's like, yes, you're fine. Go ahead. Yeah. And F- Finn is once again stuck in the middle of another awkward conversation because he's just sitting there looking like he could, if he could shrink into the chair, he would. Yeah, but he can't shrink. He's too tall. He's too tall. Too much mass. Yep. Speaking of too much mass. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, Santana has been called into Sue's office because Sue found out that Santana got a boob job. 
Um, she's mm-hmm. appalled that Santana would get one so young when she doesn't even know how she's going to develop. And also because they're very distracting and she can't stop looking at them, which is a... a you, you almost had like some kind of lesson in there. But I guess the season premiere is too early for lessons. You almost had a salient point, Sue, and then you said to go ahead and ruin it. <laughs> because, and then she's like, I can, because you lack confidence... Like, only someone who is an extreme lack of confidence in themselves would get a boob job at your age. So I am demoting you to the bottom of the pyramid so that your airbags will cushion everyone else's fall. Uh, And now I'm going to bring Quinn back, actually. And then we have, like, a suiting up scene of Quinn in her Cheerios uniform. And she has, like, a power scene down the hallway, like a walk in slow motion. And then it's immediately derailed by Santana, like, like blazing in from screen left. Just like, you told Sue about my summer surgery. She slams Quinn into the lockers. This is, I'm like, I don't know if they had stunt people for this or not. I hope they did, because it looks rough. But like, yeah, uh, told Sue about my summer surgery. Oh, please. The summer surgery is when you got an appen- your appendix, appendix out. out. You got a boob you job. You got a boob job. And then Santana says something about slut shaming Quinn and they fight. And then Will has. Oh, to yeah. Oh, no, okay. It's, uh, this, here's the thing, because this scene has been living in my mind for like the past 24 hours. So, yeah, uh, <clears throat> Santana comes in, side, ta- side tackles Quinn into the lockers. Uh, you told Coach Sylvester about my summer surgery, and she's like, yeah, a summer surgery is when you get your appendix out. You got a boob job. And then Santana slaps her, and Quinn says, you can slap me. And Santana's like, uh, I sure can, unless you got yourself knocked up again, you slut. And then Brittany appears in the background, stop the violence. <laughs> stop the violence! <laughs> Um, they, they're like grabbing each other's hair and like slap. It, it is a downright ball, even though I'm sitting here in the back, because this is the most entertaining and understandable character development of this entire episode. I'm just sitting back here going, cat, bite, cat, bite, cat, bite. <laughs> uh, Will, yeah. like, hears the commotion, runs in, pulls him apart. He's like, he's like, guys, stop it! Ohana means family! Ohana means nobody gets left behind or forgotten or calls out people for getting boob jobs. He, he does say what happened to we're a family and then Santana in the distance. Oh, she already has a family. She's a mother! <laughs> but like literally that exact same delivery too. <laughs> and then she storms off. And I'm like, did you forget? <laughs> did you forget that flat baby Beth Corcoran, dressed Deward and Hudson for Ray, was adopted in a Rumpelstiltskin-like manner by Shelby Corcoran at the end of the last episode? <laughs> Quinn sold her firstborn to get back on the Cheerios. Oh, God. But yeah, and Quinn shouts back, walk away and tighten up your pony before you get to class. Which Santana does. It's good. It's like Santana Santana knows mom voice. Ah, uh, th- thank you, Glee, for bullying and violence. That was refreshing. It felt like a cathartic scene. It's very cathartic. The, the hold, on, hold on to the joy we felt during that. As yeah. we power through, like, the last ten minutes. Oh god, this Motherfuck. next scene. Let, let's, let's, hand, let's take this next scene through as fast as we can. Well, the immediate next scene is just, no one showed up for tryouts. And they're like, Finn, where's your guy? And Finn's like, I don't know. And they're like, Rachel, where's your person? Rachel's like, well, she didn't show up. What person? Oh, well, goodbye. <laughs> what person? Who? I don't know a person. I've never seen a person in my life. What's Glee Club? And then the next scene is Sue's next ploy to try and get Beast out of William McKinley High School. I hate it. Is, I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put it. I'm going to go through it as fast as possible. Um, Sue coached Brittany to say that Coach Beast had uh, molested her. And Coach Beast obviously is denying these untrue allegations. And then Will shows up and he's like, what happened? Wahopum! Oh no, no, Glee, Glee, this, this scene is not no, good enough for a Wahopum. Glee doesn't get it, no. no. <laughs> um, but Will, Will shows up and he's like, oh no, what happened? And then he sits with Brittany and he's like, Brittany, what happened? And she's like, well, Coach Sylvester told me to say this. And everyone's like, oh, we solved it. Brittany didn't do anything wrong. She's never done anything wrong in her life. And then Will is like, this is too far, Sue. And she's like, you're weak, William. And then Tina and Mike come over and they're like, Will, we need an adult. Will, <laughs> Will, Will you, think that this are, you think this subplot has gone too far? Holy shit, Will. Yeah, strap in, motherfucker. <laughs> okay, now let me explain this other terrible scene. God, yeah. We find out. That when Rachel gave Sunshine the aud- the address for the audition for the Glee Club, she just gave because her the audition. She, 
Because Rachel had specifically said, hey, here you go, sunshine. Here is the address and the time at which you need to report for your audition. And it turns out that that address was for a crack house. Rachel fucking sent a minor, a fellow student, to a crack house simply because sunshine is a talented singer. Not even more or less than Rachel Berry, arguably more, but simply because she has talent. And Rachel's like, but it wasn't an active crack house. To which Tina replies, you're an ambitious little freak who will do anything to hold on to your power. Yes, Tina, say it again. And then Rachel tries the same thing. And it's like, everyone would force it all into the background and that'd be bad. And they're like, shut the fuck up, Rachel Berry. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, because I love you. So they convince Sunshine to audition a real audition for the Glee Club, the real Glee Club in the real school. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Su- Sunshine is auditioning with Listen from the movie Dreamgirls. And Rachel's like, it was on Broadway first. And everyone's like, shut the fuck up. Someone literally yells, shut up. I think it was Puck. <laughs> and then Sunshine is good, and it's good. It's a, it's a very good number. Like, Jake, what is his last name again? I forget. I don't Jake. know. Zyrus. I forgot who which Jake we were talking about. We know I, so many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the our, the Jake who we don't know. <laughs> Jake Zyrus, yeah. come on our podcast. I mean, honestly, like, I'd be down for that. But yeah, Jake Zyrus has, like, obviously he is a very good vocalist, but also fantastic belt yes and like it's a very good musical number like to me it has the same maybe it's because it's both they're both dream girls numbers but it has the same vibes to me as when mercedes got to do and i am telling you because in both instances it was a smackdown of rachel yeah Barry. i was about to say yeah this because they're and both it, songs about rachel getting bent yes which is also great but also because like the whole glee club is there and they're like yeah whoop whoop like cheering for sunshine as she sings and i'm like yes that's how you do it <laughs> so then after this will goes to apologize to beast and mm-hmm. he's basically like coach beast who is eating an entire rotisserie chicken for yes lunch. power move power move <laughs> will will is like i'm sorry i was a bully to you i forgot that we were still outcasts and i thought we could be popular if we were mean to you but that's not right anyways i'm sorry for making you feel like an outsider and Beast is I like, I forgot that Glee Club was still a minority. Yeah. <laughs> and Beast is like, that's okay. Well, I forgive you because the plot dictates it. And also, Sue then shows up with dog poop cookies. Literal dog poop cookies. Cookies made of dog poop. And they're like, we will not accept dog poop cookies. And Sue says, you have both betrayed me. This is a mistake the likes of which has not been made since the Mexican Indians sold Manhattan Island to George Washington for an upskirt photo of Betsy Ross. <sighs> I mean, it's a classic Sue one-liner in that it makes zero sense whatsoever. It's just a lot of words. No, I just, I think I'm feeling every history teacher I've ever had just, like, lose brain cells. That may have been the point. Anyway, the next scene is Will going up to Sunshine. No, it's and he's not. like, hey! Wait, what? what's the next scene then? The next yeah. scene is um, Finn going into the locker room to talk to Sam. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, Sam, why didn't you audition? And Sam's like, I'm the new kid, and if I joined Glee after you guys were already unpopular and Coach Beast shouted at you, then I wouldn't be, co- I, I'd be unpopular too, because I'm already the new kid, and I don't want to start three touchdowns behind. And Finn's like, mm-hmm. that is sad, but hopefully you will have fun on the football team. And then Sam is like, yes, I am on the football team. I am the quarterback, like your old position. And Finn is like, okay. Just going to clamp down on all my feelings that make me want to act like my girlfriend. We're going to internalize <laughs> that and we're going to move on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go talk to my mom about it later and I'll be good. <laughs> mom, I'm having feelings about a boy. No, wait. <laughs> no, not that kind of a feeling, I promise. <laughs> uh, the next scene is basically um, Will goes up to Sunshine in the hallway and he's like, Hey, uh, so thank you very much for auditioning. Um, we already kind of told you that you're in, but now we've got it finalized. So here's the, here's the rehearsal schedule. And she's like, oh, thanks. I don't need this anymore. And then this this tall, ominous man looms from behind, tiny sunshine Corazon, and he's like, she's with vocal adrenaline now. I'm and Dustin Will- Goolsby, played by, Cheyenne, by Broadway's Cheyenne Jackson. Yes. And he's like, hello, I am Death Incarnate and I lead vocal adrenaline now. And Sunshine is like, yeah, I transferred because they got my mom and I a con- Also because they got my mom and I a condo and, like, specifically green cards, so now we can live in the United States legally. Yep. And then she basically just walks out of the scene like, bye, bitch. <laughs> and 
Dustin Goolsby slings Sunshine's Hello Kitty backpack over his shoulder as he goes. So then the the last scene, yeah, I guess it is the last scene. Um, It's Rachel and Finn talking. And mm-hmm. Finn is like, Rachel, you're you're bad and this is your fault. And Rachel's like, but I did it for the club. And Finn's like, you know you did not do it for the club. Even I know you didn't do that for the club. And I tried to turn Artie into a human cannonball. <laughs> yes. And then Rachel is like, okay, I admit it. I sent a fellow student, a fellow minor, to a crack house because I have a pathological need to be in the spotlight. I need applause to live. And then she's like, they have this whole thing about like, oh, you should break up with me. No, you should be the one breaking up with me. And I'm like, make it mutual and just break up until you're more mature. Exactly. Like, look, I like Finchel when it's good. This is not good. Finn, go gate Sam. Go, go, gate Sam. go date Sam in a gay way. Go put some balls in your mouth. But yeah, Rachel is like, I don't know what to do now. And Finn is like, well, the first step is probably apologizing to everyone. And she's like, but I'm Rachel Berry, so I have to go sing about it first. I hate this musical number. Basically, she walks through the hallway into a crossfade into what I did for love in the auditorium. Here's the thing. It's not an apology song. Yeah, so... So do you know the context? Do you know the context of what I did for Love from Chorus Line? Yes, I have. Yeah, I've seen Chorus Line. Yeah. Um, I actually saw it in, if you remember me talking about my friend who sang Don't Marry on My Parade for her senior solo, I saw my friend as Cassie in a chorus line. So for those of you who don't know, the context of what I did for Love in from a chorus line is the auditionees for the chorus line sing it after one of the other auditionees has like a career ending injury during the dance mm-hmm. rehearsal. And Mm -hmm. the guy running the audition is like, why do you still dance if your career could end at any moment? And they're like, because I love to dance and I love Broadway, even though I've never been anything more than a backup dancer. And it's this whole Mm -hmm. like testament to loving your craft and loving yourself even. And loving the arts. Yeah. And like, despite the risks. And it's Loving it for its own sake. And it's such bullshit for Rachel because the risk to Rachel is someone might be as good as you. Yeah, it's, it's a good technical performance like leah michelle performs it well i would i know i would argue actually that she does not perform it that well even okay (laughs) i think she was kind of pitchy roasted (laughs) got him (laughs) yeah it's it's pretty much just her singing um as she gets teary-eyed and then it's kind of intercut with mike and tina dancing and being cute while Artie once again does another kubrick stare from like the office in the choir room Quinn is maybe having regrets about uh, throwing Santana under the pyramid. And then it's just like, oh, hey, Rachel's going to walk in to apologize for everyone. I'm like, I would like to see the apology, please. (laughs) I would like to see I'd like to see all of them just absolutely stonewalling Rachel as she's trying to fumble her way through apologizing for something for once in her life. No, they kind of have to be friends next by next week so that the plot can continue and the Rachel Berry show can continue. Everybody loves Rachel Berry. (sighs) (sighs) <sighs> the show's over. Thank God the show's over. <sighs> okay, Christina. Yes. What was your slushy moment and why was it Rachel sending sunshine to a crack house? Yeah, it, it was in fact Rachel. See, it. I think I have to make it Rachel sending sunshine to a crack house over Will and Sue trying to trying to emotionally destroy their co-worker simply because I don't have enough money. I want my confetti cannons. But it, it is Rachel risking a fellow student's life simply for the, shake, for the sake of show choir. Like, I would put that on, like, a crime show. Yeah. Like, that is, that is something that you would see on, like, one of those late night TV shows where it's like, we're investigating crimes that happened. Here's this one crime that happened. Could you believe it? And it's like, yes, I can. And it sucks. And it's... It, it, <sighs> My, my my worst is Rachel in this episode. Yeah. Just Rachel. Just Rachel. That's so Rachel to be mm-hmm. a horrible person. Very in character. Okay, so now let's let's try and pivot. You'll notice that I started on the slush because it was the obvious. And also because maybe we can try and end on a high note. Yes. What did you... Are you also doing slush for... Yes, I am. Slush for Rachel. Okay, cool. Uh, so what is your... What is your gold star moment then? My gold star moment... It's either when Tina tells Rachel that she's an ambitious little freak who will do anything to hold on to her power, or it's when Santana says, oh, please, she already has a family. She's a mother. (laughs) 
if it helps, the ones that I was contending for were going to be either just the entirety of Sunshine Corazon's character being talented and then realizing this Glee Club is toxic. I'm going, I'm going to go somewhere else where at least they have money. Or actually, no, I think I have to make my best be just literally everyone calling Rachel Berry out <laughs> because then I can encompass that to include Finn and Kurt. And Mercedes. Yes. And Tina. And Mike. And see, I, I I support you saying that, but I can't get behind it myself on the fact that, like, the show is still trying to convince you that maybe Rachel had a point with that last number. I'm not taking it. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm not taking it either. Um, yeah, I think my best moment is she's a mother. <laughs> that, was, that was a fun delivery. Actually, you know what? It's just the whole cat fight. So what was your Gold Star song? You know, I think I'm going to have to give it to Empire State of Mind. Mostly because I think it's the only song from this episode that made it onto my computer after it crashed and I had to do an entire like hard state backup. I'm going to go with Billionaire. Um, honestly, a lot of these songs in this episode, they were either good songs that were good or fine songs that were fine. For me, I guess mm -hmm. Billionaire stood out the most. It is still white boys rapping technically. Yeah. But, uh, it has it has a better energy. It's not as awkward as Empire State of Mind. There's no one looking behind them to make sure they trip. Yeah, I, I found it fun and charming. So I'm sticking with it. And that's it. Episode one done. Yes. Only 21 more to go. <laughs> yeah, but hey, we've got some fun stuff on the horizon. And and we have people to share the pain with. Yes, that is true. So actually let's let's let me let me do this first. We we sent out like a whole bunch of feelers for guests. We actually have a bunch of guests already lined up for this season. It's gonna be amazing. Mm -hmm. Um but if you are like one of our actual mutual friends who wants to be on the show, or you're just like a person who is capable of podcasting and has good podcast vibes and you want to be on the show. Mm -hmm. Or you're a famous internet personality like Todd in the Shadows or Sarah Z or Prince Harry. Then mm -hmm. give us a shout. <laughs> Prince Harry. Prince Harry, come on my podcast. Yeah, ba basically, if, if anyone is interested in being on the show, feel free to email us or uh, get on the Twitter or message us on the Twitter. Yes. At which point we can we can discuss episodes. <laughs> Anyways, actual wrap-up is loading. Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network, and we can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice. And if we aren't there, let us know, and we'll work on getting in there. We can be found at LoserLikeMePod on Twitter and through LoserLikeMePod at gmail.com. Um, as for the current events blast, <sighs> things happen so um, fast, and this is going to be coming out like two weeks after we record it. Black Lives Matter. Asian and Pacific Islander Lives Matter. Trans Lives Matter. Keep an mm -hmm. eye on your representatives, and if you can't convince them of these things we have just stated, then make sure you support those people directly through grassroots organizations. Mm -hmm. And mutual aid funds. Yeah. If you are going to protest, make sure you mask up, even if you've been vaccinated, and protect your identity. Don't take pictures of your face. Yeah, or anyone else's face. Protect your identity. Turn geolocation off. And all cops are bastards. Yes, all cops are bastards. I'm so glad that my two friends that were going to be doing the police academy both immediately quit, like, right before graduation. They were like, we're not cut out for this. Bye! And I was like, great. My, you're not my neighbor and his son are still convinced they can change it from the inside, which is okay. That's, like, the, the bare minimum other than just leaving, but still. Okay, you're, you're convinced you can change it from the inside. Uh, here's your zip ties to physically move everyone out of the building. Yeah, because they're cops. Uh, yeah. Anyways, that was, I figured that was where that was going. Anyway, next week, Tanner, who is it? It's Brittany, bitch. <laughs> it's also a guest. It's also a guest. We're gonna have a guest. I told you I already had a guest, and you know what? It's Brittany Spears herself. Here she is now. Yes. Oh God, I would die. Brittany, come on our podcast. I didn't even follow Brittany Spears's career growing up, and I would think I would probably still die at the thought of knowing someone that famous on our podcast. Brittany, they do two Brittany Spears episodes, and the second one is objectively worse. Do you want to come rip it apart with us, Brittany? Brittany! Okay. How do we end this? I've forgotten. All right. We <laughs> we count down. We do. And then and that's what you missed on Glee. Okay. Do you want to count down? Uh, sure. So, three, two, one. And, and that's, that's what, what you missed, you missed on, on Glee. Glee! Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening, you're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me.